Good morning, PT. Once again, we're going to get in the word. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 to 4, 7 and 11, reading from the Passion Translation. Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead of him and said to them, as soon as you enter the village ahead of you, you will find a donkey's coat tied there that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it to me. And if anyone asks you, Why are you taking it? Tell them the master needs it and will send it back to you soon. So they went and the disciples brought the coat to Jesus and piled their cloaks and prayer shawls. You'll see in Numbers chapter 15, verse 37 to 41, what those prayer shawls were. Uh, And so they piled their prayer shawls on the young donkey and Jesus Wrote upon it. Verse 11, Jesus rode through the gates of Jerusalem as prophesied by Zechariah in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, and he rode up to the temple. I want to speak to you on the subject Jesus Needs a Donkey, part three. And next Sunday, I'll conclude with part four of this exciting series that Jesus Needs a Donkey. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Greene, but in the power of God. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that is in each and every one of us who are your saints. Help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power in us who believe. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. We're believing you to speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we left off last week with the question, what kind of generation will we be when this COVID-19 crisis is over? What kind of person am I going to be when this is over? And we're looking at Psalm 78, and it was a frightening psalm because Psalm 78 verses 8 to 11 talks about the sin of forgetfulness, the sin of forgetting. Will we be the generation that while we're going through this pandemic, we forget the goodness of God? Or will we be, as found in verses 4 to 7, will we be the people who sing songs of remembering? that will remember the goodness of God, especially through this uh, pandemic. And again, I want to encourage you, I'm going to keep saying this, that we need to establish what I call, uh, what, what Samuel did in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, in Ebenezer, a rock of, a rock of help. That's what Ebenezer means, rock of help. And, he, and he's had this rock, and he set it down as a reminder that, and he said these words, up to this point, up to now, the Lord has helped me. 
And what am I saying? I'm saying that we need to construct what I call a Jehovah sneaky list, where every week we put down a list of things that God has done. So I'm going to let you in on our lives. My wife and I, uh, for the last two years, we constructed a Jehovah sneaky list. And I'm going to pull five from our Jehovah sneaky list that went uh, from, from April 14th to the 20th. I'm going to pull five from a list of over 50 things that God has done in our lives over a week so that you can begin or continue to put your list together. So, for example, uh, one of the, our Jehovah Sneaky's lists is that God allowed us to get two city proclamations on behalf of Mother Watson when she turned 100 and Pastor Green when he turned 90. And I'm grateful to uh, uh, Councilor Simmons for doing that for us. As you know, City Hall is shut up and, and nobody can get in, and yet they did this for us. And so it was a blessing to those individuals. Uh, two, uh, I had a, it's like some of you are connecting with old friends, and uh, I connected with one of my best friends, and we had a three-hour conversation. It was a rich conversation. And so that was on my Jehovah's Sneaky list. Uh, another thing on my Jehovah's Sneaky list is at the time we had I looked on our YouTube and I discovered that we had 678 subscribers. And even as of now, we have 681 now, which is 300 more than when, than be, than when the uh, pandemic actually started. So we're praising God that since the pandemic started, we have 300 new subscribers. And if you're new to watching us on live stream, please subscribe to our, uh, our channel. And again, God is good just to see what God is doing. Uh, fourth thing is that I was doing my little walk, and I just, I usually walk a certain way, a path, but I decided to take another route, bumped into one of my neighbors who uh, we've been living in our neighborhood for 24 years, and one of our neighbors who had, who had been living there before we have, uh, she told me, she said, hey, Brian, guess what? Last Sunday, I watched you on live stream on, on our computer and on our television. And I was like, wow, God, I have neighbors and, and we're having friends and who, who would have never watched and never visited our church, but actually are now able to visit our church via live stream. And then finally, uh, I, I discovered that there is a park that is a five-minute walk from my house. And I thought it was a baseball field. We drive by there at least two or three times a week because we go you know, to, to the Burlington Mall or we're going to Market Basket. And I always thought it was a baseball field, but someone told me, no, there's actually a, 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 a pond that you can walk around. And I would have never known this, that right down the street, five minutes from my house, is this beautiful park where I can walk around and it's sunny. And so I put that down as a Jehovah sneaky. And my point is, is that there's so many things that God is doing for many of you during this pandemic. Stop focusing on the, the bad things. Stop focusing on the negative things. Come out of this, this season with songs of remembering the goodness of God. Can you praise the Lord right now? Put your thumbs up. Put your hands up. God has been good. I don't want to be the generation that forgets the goodness of the Lord. We said our uh, fifth point that donkeys are not stubborn. And again, I am here to make a case for the donkeys. They, the, there's a phrase called, that person's as stubborn as a mule. And that comes from actually 
<laughs> Though it's used negatively, it's actually a positive uh, characteristic of a donkey because a donkey, it comes from a donkey's natural ability to reason and consider situations carefully before acting. In other words, donkeys don't jump to something. Donkeys don't get startled like horses. They, uh, they are pondering their thinking. They, they make sure that, they, that they're deliberate in their actions. And I like Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where Paul says, starting at verse 1, he says these words, I beseech you, brethren, I, I, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, the King James Version says, or the uh, NIV says, your reasonable act of worship is to present your bodies to God. In verse 2, this is what I like. He says, and be not transformed, be not conformed, rather, to this world. Don't think like the world. Don't let the world put you in its box. Don't let the world uh, uh, cause you to panic like they are. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you're thinking. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, which we'll talk about at the end of my sermon. What? So that you can prove that God's will fills every gap. God's will fills every gap. What? What do you mean? God's will is good. God's will is acceptable. God's will is perfect. We as donkeys, we are stable. We are stubborn in our faith because we got something to prove that God's way is the best way. You see, a donkey being stubborn, it means that a donkey is difficult to startle. Uh, we find that we need to be donkeys. We need to be like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Now, brothers and sisters, he says, be uh, 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 steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding, always, always flourishing in the work of God. Oh, yes. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says this, let us hold fast, let us hold firmly to the profession of our faith. Meaning that when we say, I believe God, keep believing him no matter, no matter what kind of storms hit you. Hold fast to the profession, the speaking forth of our faith without wavering. Why? Because God is faithful who promised. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, and Paul also quotes this in Romans where it says the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse, verse 4 says the just, the righteous person lives by his faith. We walk by faith. I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. We walk by faith and not by sight. We need to be stable and stubborn in our faith like donkeys. They, do, they don't do anything that is dangerous to their self-preservation. We need to be like donkeys. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says that, that uh, we, we, we can ask God, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives wisdom liberally, and he's not going to, he's not going to rebuke us. He's not going to make fun of us. He's not going to criticize us for asking for wisdom. And he says, because if you're a doubter, you're like a person who is tossed to and fro with the storms of life. See, I, I want a donkey 
I, I, I want to I ride a donkey. I want, I want a donkey next to me, someone who's going to be stable and, and not be startled with every storm that comes in their lives. Praise the Lord. Donkeys, which I like, donkeys are sure-footed. That's my sixth point. Donkeys are sure-footed. Donkeys are mountain climbers. Oh, my goodness. Donkeys are mountain climbers. I love the way in, in Matthew chapter 5, you will find that Jesus uh, gave one of, probably one of the greatest uh, uh, teachings, one of the greatest lessons uh, in history. We call it, in Matthew chapter 5, we call it the Beatitudes. That is, the attitudes that should be, the attitudes that should exist, the attitudes that you should have. So, for example, blessed are the poor in spirit, or blessed are the pure in heart, because they shall see God. Uh, no, and so, uh, when you, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. All of these uh, things that Jesus talked about in the Beatitudes, and the Bible says, and so we, we, we're really focused many times on the Beatitudes, but the question is, who did God, who did Jesus teach his Beatitudes to? And I like the way the Message Bible says it because before it starts out in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, but particularly in verse 2, it says this in the Message Bible. I love the way Eugene Peterson puts it. He says, Jesus climbed a hillside. Those who were his apprentices, that is, those who were his disciples, the committed climbed with Jesus. Whew, my goodness. Arriving at a quiet place, Jesus sat down and taught, oh, I love this, his climbing companions. Jesus is looking for donkeys. Jesus is looking for people who are mountain climbers. See, you need to understand that many of you, the reason why, uh, the reason why God is allowing this to happen is this pandemic and, and all that we're going through is because God is raising up an army of donkeys who are mountain climbers. I was looking at some research and, and a person who's familiar with donkeys saying that miners, mm, if you know about miners, they're looking for gold. They're looking for treasure. They're looking for um, some things that are going to really um, um, uh, uh, things of value. And, and so miners, when they're climbing up a mountain, they don't want a horse. They want a donkey. I discover that, that God, I, I, I discover that there are a few donkeys, mountain climbers in the Bible. In fact, some of the most famous people in the Bible were mountain climbers. For example, Abraham went to the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. And that was one of the greatest stories in the Bible about how Mo, uh, Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac and the Lord told him to stop. And that's where we get the term Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Uh, another great thing that happened on the mountain was where one of the greatest documents in the history of mankind was was uh, possessed, was obtained on the mountain. 
What are you talking about? In Exodus chapter 19, or, and, uh, Exodus 19, or Exodus uh, 20, in those two chapters, we have the Ten Commandments. The greatest, one of the greatest documents in the history of mankind, Moses had to go up the mountain in order to get the Ten Commandments. Oh, yes, Jesus needs some mountain climbers. Ah, let's talk about uh, David. David, we, we, we make a big deal about his, his palace and his kingdom on Mount Zion. But the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 5 that before David, as David became king of, Israel, of Judah and then Israel, he said to himself, I need to get that, that mountain. I need to establish my, my, my palace and the things of God on Mount Zion and up on top of Mount Zion were a people called the Jebusites, which means underfoot. And they were saying to David, there's no way you're going to be able to take this mountain. And David took the mountain and created this, this, this fortress that we call Mount Zion. And of course, we know that Jesus went up to the mountain. And that's where he was transfigured in the presence of Moses and Elijah and, and and his transformation had such an impact on Peter, James, and John that years later Peter writes about it in his epistle. Oh, if you want to be <laughs> could it be that the reason why we're not changing is because we're not willing to be mountain climbers. But I got good news for you. There's a whole lot of mountain climbers I'm talking to right now. And again, I'm going to prophesy to those of you who are millennials born after 1980 and Gen Zs who were born after the year 2000 that God is making you into a mountain climber. And I prophesy to you again that you're going to tell your children and your spouses, yeah, you're going to, wait a minute, I'm only 18, I'm only six, I'm only, we're talking about marriage, I'm talking to you right now. You're going to remember so that when your children and friends and grandchildren say, Grandma, Mom, what made you into the person you are? You'll say there was a 2020 pandemic that killed 50 to 100,000 people, and I thought it would ruin me, but it made me a mountain climber. A mountain climber. Don't worry about the horses that are running swiftly. God is not looking for swiftness. Mm. He's looking for endurance. Mount donkeys have, this is my final point, donkeys, they are, they're not stubborn because they're, they don't get rattled, they're strong in their feet. Donkeys are Sure-footed, they, they can carry a load up a mountain. They're mountain climbers. They don't just climb for themselves, but they can carry people up a mountain. And then finally, on my, my seventh point, is donkeys have large ears <laughs> that help keep them cool. Lord have mercy. This boy is preaching up in here. Ah, donkeys have. What do you mean? The scripture says 
when, when in, in the book of Revelations, and you may look at the book of Revelations, the last book in the Bible, as the spooky book. I used to look at it that way too. You know, there's some, a lot of uh, imagery there, but it's really called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And it starts off in chapter 2 and chapter 3 where the, the, the Lord, the angel says to seven, to seven different churches, he or she that has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. As a matter of fact, 16 times in the New Testament, there is an, there's an imploring from Jesus and, and, and others. If you have ears, hear what the Spirit is saying. And my point is, is that if you're going to be a donkey that Jesus needs, you're going to have to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying so you will keep your cool. Some of you are too rattled because you're not hearing the voice of God. I'm talking about the Lord. I'm preaching up in here. Let me give you a, a, a real life example. Uh, that, let me let me let me just keep going, and I'll then I'll give you this example. Uh, the scripture says, and you know this scripture: uh, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, "What? This is the way. Walk in it." Isaiah chapter thirty, verse twenty-one. Oh yeah, when I taught you that, you were like, "Oh yes, mm, I get the beat," but. Now it's reality. You need to hear the voice of the Lord saying, this is the way. One of my favorite scriptures is Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. It says this, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I may know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Well, how am I able to speak a word of encouragement to a person who is who was shaking, who was worried. He says this, the Lord wakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as one who is being taught. God wants to speak to us through his word. The scripture says, in fact, it, it says this twice in Psalm 95, verse 7 and 8. And then it's almost like God says, I want to make sure you get it because it's also quoted in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter three, verse seven and eight. It says, today, if you would hear his voice, how do you hear God's voice? He says, harden not your heart. And many of us, there's two ways that our hearts can be hardened. Our hearts can be hardened through uh, pride or our hearts can be hardened through problems. Some of us have been through so many problems, so many difficulties that basically God, when he speaks to us and says everything's going to be all right, there's a hardness that says, no, it's not. It's going to end the same way it's always ended. And, and there can be a hardness through our, through our frustration. Here we go again. I know I'm going to lose my job. Yep, yeah, see, see, I knew I was going to lose my job. And God is saying, do not allow your heart to be hardened let me speak to you. You need to hear my voice in the midst of this pandemic, and you need to hear my voice. How? Through the word of God. God speaks his word. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let me give you a couple of examples. Uh, as many of you know, and, uh, uh, my wife and I, we, 
we had the triple whammy when it came to this Pandora, Pandora, pandemic. And we, we, we went on vacation and everything was cool until the middle of vacation when all of a sudden we started hearing a lot of the news that came forward. What was the three, what was the triple win we had? First of all, we, went on, we were on a cruise, okay? Ooh, bad news. Secondly, not only were we on a cruise, but the next thing is that we were out of the country. So that was ooh, two strike. And then the third thing, the third C was we were on a cruise out of the country that had wall-to-wall college kids. We forgot it was spring break. Lord have mercy. Now, you got to remember, it was during the time as the corona uh, virus, the COVID-19 virus started, you know, as they started learning more about it. But in the beginning stages, they were saying, this is a disease that kills anybody who's 60 and over. It doesn't affect young folk. And so as we, as we got off of the ship and we were landing in the Boston, uh, I, 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 now I know how, how, a pastor, how it feels when a pastor gets kicked out of a church. Because as I was coming home and I was texted, uh, there, there, was a, there, was a, there was a meeting among the elders in the executive team. And they said, they said, Bishop, we want you to know we, we are ordering you not to come to church. You are ordered to quarantine. You better get somebody else to preach. Don't come anywhere near the church. And I was like, I didn't even have a say. It wasn't like, well, if you feel led and if the Lord should lead you. And it, no, they were like, no, you ain't coming. As a matter of fact, call an Uber. I have not, no, someone has already always picked us up. Our children, our deacon, our elder. They're like, no, don't call anybody. Call an Uber. Like, you know, okay, hey, give, give the, give the Uber driver a disease. Don't, 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 don't mess with anybody. And so, uh, we get home and, 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 and so I'm like, oh man, this is, this is bad. And of course, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. Oh, let me preach up in here. Faith comes by hearing, but guess what? Fear also comes by hearing too. Fear, false evidence that appears like it's real. So we are on our quarantine, self-quarantine for 14 days. And I called one of our doctors in the church, and they said, Bishop, uh, if you have the coronavirus, COVID-19, what you're going to discover is that you're going to have these symptoms within a week. So what happens is that as the week is approaching, all of a sudden the devil starts whispering, hey, your temperature's going up, going up. Hey, you're getting a little cough. Hey, and, and, and fear is starting to grit me. And then God gave me a scripture. And he gave me a scripture that basically said in Mark 16, where it says uh, in, some, in many translations, but particularly the King James, it says, he says, these are the signs of those who believe they shall, if the if, if, if they hope so happen to drink something deadly, it won't harm them. There's another translation that says, if they drink something that has poison, it will not harm them. And the Lord said to me, look up the word virus. If you look up the word virus, it comes from a Latin word that means poison. And God said to me, if you drink poison and it won't harm you because you believe, then 
you got to believe that if you are within six feet of somebody who has the virus, that won't harm you either. And, and so that was a word for me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about that was a word for me. And all of a sudden, my faith rose up and fear, fear was expelled out of my heart. Why? Because of the word of God. You have got to wake up every morning, say, God, awaken my ear by your spirit and speak to me what you are trying to say so that my faith can be built up. I got the feeling that many of you, you're not spending enough time in the word of God so that God can speak to you and that you are able to walk with bold faith. Some of you are looking at your finances. You're looking at the economy. You're looking at your loss of job. And, and God is saying to you, you, you need a revelation. One revelation is, is Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, where God says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. Can you say amen? Come on, that's a good moment to praise the Lord, that God, I need to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice. I need to hear your voice. Don't let my heart become hardened through troubles and trials and tribulations. Hear his voice. Hear his voice. Hear his voice. Hear his voice. You hear his voice through the word of God. You, you will keep cold, keep your cool if you hear the voice of God. You must hear him through the scriptures first. Psalm 1 starts out with this. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, words of, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of, of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And if you meditate, if you spend time in the word, you will be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. Not only will you be planted, but even in this horrible, terrible, frightening season, you will bear fruit and results in a season that you're not supposed to be. Your leaves won't wither. and Whatever you do will prosper. This Bible is 34 years old, 34 years old. When my grandfather died in 1985, we, all the grandkids were given a small inheritance. It was like $100 each. And it, well, that's pretty good money back then. And, and Rather than just spend it on, I don't know, reducing some bills or getting new clothes, $100 could go a long way back then. I said, God, I want to get something that would, that would commemorate my grandfather. This is my uh, paternal grandfather. His name was Herman Green as well. And I remember waking up because when my parents worked, my grandparents lived upstairs and and we were in a two-family house. And I remember coming out of the bedroom, uh, my Uncle Grafton's bedroom, because he would work at night. So me and my brother, Kevin, would sleep in the bed. And then I remember walking out into the kitchen and every morning finding my grandfather 
who died at 99, on the kitchen table, just meditating on the word of God. And he'd be playing, some of you old timers remember, he'd be playing, he'd be playing the radio of Dr. Vernon McGee, all these wonderful uh, preachers. And he would always be in the word. And I said, you know what, God, I want to, I want to use my inheritance money to get something that would remind me of my grandfather. And so, though this may look worn out, uh, it's because in uh, November of 1986, I bought this open Bible because I wanted to remember what kept my grandfather through the depression when he couldn't find work for eight years and he had eight children my father being the fourth and somehow God kept them through the depression when he couldn't find a job because of the word of God so I want to pray for you right now that you would be like the donkey that you would be steadfast and unmovable, stubborn in your faith, that you would not only be stubborn in your faith, but you'll be a mountain climber, that no matter what obstacles are put in your way during this pandemic, that you will climb the mountain because there's something, there's something transformative that's about to take place, but you're going to have to climb to get it. And then finally, that you would say, pray, God, anyone, God, awaken my ears. God, awaken my ears to hear what you're saying so that no matter what I see, the word of the Lord will prove itself to be foundational and something I can build my life on. Father, we thank you for each and every individual who is hearing, who is listening to the sound of my voice. First of all, I pray that they would create a list every week that writes down, that where they can write down and, and note the worthiness of God. Some people call it God sightings. I call it Jehovah Sneakies. Uh, some, some people call it count your blessings. Whatever it is, you need to write down what God has done. I believe that when you write down something God has done, he says, oh, seeing that you're noticing it, I will do more. No matter how big or how small. And then secondly, Lord, I pray that you'll encourage your people. That this mountain that they're climbing is not meant for the women. It's meant for their good. That, that they would say, God, speak to me. Open my ears. Help me to hear what you say. Open my eyes so that I may behold Psalm 119, verse 8, wondrous things out of your law. Spirit of God, help us to be the donkeys you need to carry you into the city so that as we're carrying you, you as Jesus is lifted higher. And you get the praise and not the donkey. And so, Father, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, maybe you're here and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life. I want to let you know that Jesus not only wants to come into your life, but he wants to, he wants to sit on your life and lead you to Jerusalem, meaning 
He wants to lead you to a place of peace, shalom, a place of prosperity, a place where there's no confusion. He wants to, he wants to bring peace to your life. Thank you.